They're overrated. This guy's a future MVP. They need to blow it up. Pay this guy. The regular season matters. He's mediocre. Your opinion's wrong. Welcome to Mediocre Sport Opinion. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of our podcast. I'm joined by Parker and Thomas. Hello everybody. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back and thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Yeah, so this episode we will be doing an NFL week 6 in review and then a week 7 preview like normal. So let's just go ahead and review some of the games. So the first game we are going to talk about is going to be the Browns and Steelers. Baker Mayfield sucked that game. The score was 38-7. to Baker was actually benched in the fourth quarter for Case Keenum, and he just looked awful in that game. The Steelers' defense looked really well. Yeah, this was, well, we talked about it last week on our show that the Browns needed to come out and have a good week and kind of showcase that they're they're ready to take the next step forward in terms of a playoff team, but they, they threw up a stinker. They've thrown up sinkers against the Ravens and Steelers, so you really question whether they can compete uh, in the AFC North. North. Yeah, AFC North. Just a bad showing for the Browns in general, but Steelers played well. Their defense looked good, and they look like they can be a top team in the NFL. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I said this last week. If the Browns came out and won this, I was going to hop on their bandwagon, but that did not happen. I don't know. I was kind of surprised, I would say, they were looking good, but then they play this top caliber, well, I don't know what you call Steelers a top caliber team, one of the better teams in the league. And they, Browns just came out and did what they always do. They struggled. Baker Mayfield looked awful. I just didn't, something wasn't clicking and it just didn't look good. And that Minka Fitzpatrick trade for the Steelers working out well. He had another pick. He's literally transformed that defense ever since he got there. I thought they maybe gave up a little bit too much, but he's showing why he's probably one of the best defensive backs in the league. Yeah, that defense is elite for sure. And then in America's Game of the Week, you had the Packers and Buccaneers. That game did not go well for me because I'm a Packers fan, but they lost 38-10. to Packers are up 10-0 after like the first two drives. Then Aaron Rodgers threw a pick six, which pretty much altered the rest of the game. And the Buccaneers' defense looked really well that game. They only allowed Aaron Jones 15 rushing yards. They also were able to get to the get to Aaron Rodgers, too, getting some good sacks. And also, Aaron Rodgers did not really have that good of a day. But he was on the Pat McAfee show, and he didn't seem mad at all. He just said, we need this a little bit just to wake up and stuff like that. So I think they'll be back. Yeah, the way they started this game, I thought, okay, another blowout for the Packers, but... The Bucks uh, found a way to get that big pick six, and then they got an interception the next drive, and they just kind of took over from there. The offense just controlled the game. Ronald Jones had a good game on the ground. He's been impressing this year, and they just look good, especially defensively. They're an underrated defense, I think. They're the best rush defense in the league, and their pass defense has improved this year. So uh, if, they, if that offense can produce, uh, keep producing enough, they're going to win a lot of games this year. Yeah, their run rush defense is one of the best in the NFL, and they're doing it right now without probably one of the best run starters in the league who just got put on IR in Vita Vea. And this was definitely a game that showed how good their defense was. I'm really impressed with that young secondary. Carlton Davis is looking really good, getting a lot of pass deflections and playing really tight coverage, really. 
Antoine Winfield looking like a superstar rookie so far this year. Yeah, the Bucks team played great. Uh, last week, I know I said I think the Packers are going to come out and win, but just the exact opposite. I just don't really know what to expect from this Bucks team all myself because they're very streaky. They have injuries all the time. They, sometimes they show up to play. Sometimes they don't. If they want to be a good team, they got to figure out which team they want to be. They can't be streaky all the time. Yeah, and if I were Aiden, I wouldn't be too worried about the Packers, like he said. Like, it's it's just a game where they struggle a little bit, but you can still see that this team's going to be super good and probably win the NFC North. So, nothing to worry about, Packers fans. And the Packers are playing Houston this week, so that should be a... Yeah, that, that is a troublesome game for them. They're going to have to come ready to play. <laughs> I'm sure we are. <laughs> then another game that we're going to talk about is one that happened early on Monday, and that's going to be the Chiefs and Bills. Chiefs were able to win that one 26-17. Josh Allen did not look good at all in the first half in that game. They were able to pick it up a little bit like towards the end of it, but still, he didn't look that good, and they weren't able to run the ball. But the Chiefs were able to run the ball with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire a lot that game. Mahomes didn't even look like to have that big of a day either. Aiden said it was just kind of a bad game for Josh Allen. He was looking MVP caliber coming into this week, and now he's just kind of taking a step back. If he comes back and wins this week again and plays again, I'm sure he'll be back into that question because every player has a down week or a bad week or whatever. So I think the Bills are still going to be a top team in that division over there. Yeah, the Bills, uh, two weeks ago, I had them as a top two team in the AFC but they put up a couple stinkers, not stinkers, but they played good teams, but they just didn't look great. Uh, so they need to start uh, getting back on that winning track. I know against the Titans, they were without Tredavious White, but they had him in this game. And their run defense looked terrible. The Chiefs were able to do whatever they wanted. And they didn't really even have to release uh, Mahomes at all. He looked like he was just handing the ball off and making simple throws. Yeah, the Bill's defense actually isn't that good anymore, or it's not that good this year. I think I saw they were ranked as, like, the 23rd best defense, like, by the stats and all that. So their defense isn't really giving them the performance that they're typically seen by them, but they need to improve. Yeah, we all the Chiefs' defense has looked good this year, better, way better than last year. They've had some games where they've given up some points, but they've also had games where they've looked solid and looked like they can be, they can help out their offense a lot, even when they struggle. And then in the other Monday night game, you have the Cardinals killing the Cowboys, uh, 38-10. to 10. I predicted that they'd kill them. Andy Dalton couldn't do anything. Zeke played absolutely awful, having two fumbles in the first half. And Kyler Murray and Kenyon Drake just led that Cardinals offense to victory. Yeah, I'm not really quite sure where to assess this in terms of the Cardinals. Like, <clears throat> they looked good, but they were playing the Cowboys, and the Cowboys looked terrible, like Aiden said. Dalton... Could make a throw, was throwing bad interceptions, and I don't know. The Cowboys right now are just, they're in a really bad place, even though they can still win their division, sadly. Yeah, this game that they had uh, uh, between the Bills and, not the Bills, but the Cowboys and Cardinals, they, uh, the Cardinals came out and played, showed why they are a, a, not really a contender, but a playoff team, I would say. But there's still a ways that, the Cardinals can go in the ways they can get better. And if they continue to play like this and keep practicing, keep training, keep improving, I can see them almost 
taking that step forward to get to that championship level. Yeah, another thing that did come out on Tuesday after that game was like the locker room's not really that much behind McCarthy. They're talking about some game planning issues, how the coaching staff wasn't prepared that much for games and stuff like that. So it's going to be interesting to see because you hate when you see like anonymous sources or whatever because it's people from the locker room where this is coming from. But it's also not a good look for McCarthy because it's only five or six games in for him and you already have people murmuring about how he's doing really bad for him. Yeah, I was really surprised to see that report. He's never, I don't think he, Aiden, with the Packers, did he ever have problems in the locker room? No, or anything? never did. Yeah, that just surprised me a lot. He seems like he's a guy that knows what he's doing. He's on top of things. So I don't know. Maybe it's just the team's not there with them, but they got to figure it out really quick. Now we're going to just hand out our weekly awards. So, first, we'll start off with the Peterman Award. This week's Peterman Award is going to be Baker Mayfield. He just sucked really bad against that Seahawks defense. Going 10 for 18, 119 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. This was a big game for him. People are wondering if he's going to be that franchise QB because he was looking like that the past couple games. But then this game, he just stunk it up, really. And questions will arise even more than they already have. Another honorable mention is Aaron Rodgers. Going 16 for 35, 160 yards, no touchdowns, and two interceptions. They just didn't really play that well, and they couldn't really move the ball, move the chains at all after those first two drives. Then our last honorable mention for the Peterman Award is Ezekiel Elliott. Zeke had 12 carries for 49 yards and two fumbles, which I believe like switched the momentum of the game pretty much in the first half, which caused them to be down by so much. Yeah, I just wanted to talk uh, talk about Baker real quick. I don't think Baker's a, uh, an elite quarterback at all. I think he needs his running game, and when he gets a running game, then he can make some throws. But if a team's dialed in on stopping Baker, they can stop Baker whenever they want. So the Browns need to figure that out. They need to definitely rush run the ball more. Uh, they do run it a lot already, but like... They are without Chubb, too. Yeah, they're without Chubb, but Kareem Hunt can definitely uh, take some... Pressure off Baker, and they need their run game to be good to win. And then moving on to our McAfee Award, our winner for this week is going to be Derrick Henry of the Titans. He had 22 carries, 212 rushing yards, and two rushing touchdowns. Also, he also had 52 receiving yards. He did really well for them. He was big in overtime, getting that game-winning touchdown. Yeah, Derrick Henry was just uh, had an outstanding game last week. We all know what type of player he is he just proved that again this last week and why last season he was the number one rushing leader and this season he's getting up there yeah I just wanted to say there's no way someone as big and heavy as Derrick Henry should be getting 94 yard rush rushing touchdowns but that just speaks to how athletic he is people just look at him like he's a bowling ball coming down the middle but he he has some sneaky speed and he can do some things in that aspect of the game. It's like a freight train. Yeah, and he's starting to uh, heat up, too. He struggled a little bit out, uh, out of the gates, and if, if they can get him going again like they were last year, we could definitely see them make a run like they did last year. Yeah. And then some other honorable mentions. We have two running, two other running backs in Kenyon Drake and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Their stats are very similar. They rushed over 160 yards each. The only difference is Drake had two touchdowns and Hilaire did not. They help pound the ball, slow the game down. They help both their teams win that big ball game. And also, two other honorable mentions are two defenses, the Buccaneers and Steelers. 
The Buccaneers' defense had two interceptions. They limited Aaron Jones to 15 rushing yards, and they also had four sacks in that game. Then also the Steelers' defense held the Browns to seven points. They got two interceptions and also got four sacks on Baker Mayfield. So those defenses really stepped up in those really big games for him. Before we move on to our Week 7 preview, we would like to talk about, discuss some news that was recently broke the other day, saying that the Dolphins are benching Ryan Fitzpatrick and they're putting Tua into their starting quarterback position. This really took me by surprise. The Dolphins were 3-2. and two. They were looking really good. Tua got his first snaps this week, and he only attempted two passes, but he did complete them. But I still question this decision because Fitzpatrick was rolling with them. Yeah, I was really surprised when I saw this. I liked Fitzmagic, and he was playing well. I thought they at least would have waited until, because, you know, Fitzmagic, he plays really well, and then he just kind of dies. Like, his stats go down, his playing style goes down, so I figured they'd just kind of wait until that happens. But he's still playing good, so I figured why not ride his magic that he has and just let it go until something happens. But Tua, you know, he's a good player. He's... We'll see what happens here for him in Miami. Yeah, I kind of I understand why it happened, but I just it doesn't seem fair to Ryan Fitzpatrick at all. He had this team playing well, and if if a guy is and if you're a team that has someone playing well, why would you take him out as your quarterback? Like it just makes no sense because changing things up when you're doing something good is just insane insane that's like the definition of insanity so it just doesn't make much sense to me yeah this is totally different i think from the bears benching trubisky for Foles. fitzpatrick was actually doing really well not throwing not turning the ball over like he usually does the past like three games or so while trubisky was struggling in the last two games but they're able still to deke out a win yeah so one thing i wanted to cover real quick was the jets they played the dolphins this week they lost what 24 to zero I, I'm just not sure how Adam Gase is still coaching that team. The front office, I don't know what they're doing there. He needs to go immediately. They're on pace. I read they're on pace to be like the worst team ever. They have a 110-point uh, deferential this year, and things need to change. They need to get rid of Adam Gase. Yeah, Gase is going to be gone. I think that front office is going to get an overhaul. We, we'll see. We'll see. There's rumors that people are saying that maybe Lawrence just shouldn't declare for the draft just so he doesn't go on the Jets. If I was Lawrence, I'd do that. So I don't want to go play for this team. Like, who do they have? They have Jameson Crowder on offense. Then they have who's their running back? They just got rid of Frank Gore and Lamichael P. Ryan. Yeah, they got. They couldn't even handle Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, they right. didn't know how to use Le'Veon. It, it's just if I was Lawrence, I would stick around in college for another year, not have to deal with that whole situation that the Jets have going on. But you know, that's his call, and if he wants to go. In the NFL, go to the NFL, make millions of dollars, because why not? But, you know, totally up to him. But this Jets team here just looks awful. Uh, Adam Gase has done a terrible job, and he's just not fit to be in the NFL. Yeah, they get, like, a top pick every year, and then their top picks don't produce. Darnold, Quinnen Williams, they traded Leonard Williams. They took him, like, six. Traded Jamal Adams. Yeah, it's... There's just no way that whoever's running them should be running them. They have no right to. All right, so now we're going to move into our Week 7 preview. So one, the Thursday night game is a great game, of course, you, like usual. Uh, it's the Giants and Eagles. Whoever wins will technically... If the Eagles win, they'll be in first place in this division or so. 
Wow, no. This is going to be a snooze fest. I have the Eagles winning 17-14. to 14. I think Daniel Jones is not looking that good this year, and he's going to struggle in this game against that Eagles defense. Yeah, this Thursday night game is a crapshoot. I honestly, when we said we were going to cover this game, I said why. But, you know, I just I couldn't pick a team to win because both these teams are bad, so I flipped a coin and landed on the Giants. So I'm going to give the Giants the win here 17-10. to 10. You know, Parker, that's not a bad idea of flipping a coin in this one, but I think the Eagles are a little bit better than the Giants. I think they just have better players probably overall, and I got them 27 to 20. They have made a couple, several comebacks the past couple games against the Ravens and Steelers, but yeah, I think they can definitely win this game. Yes, they didn't look terrible against the Ravens or Steelers, so maybe they do have some, some potential to improve. Then another big game, one that was scheduled for week four, but was rescheduled to this week, is the undefeated Titans going against the undefeated Steelers. This is, I think, going to be probably one of the better games of the week. And I have the Titans winning this one, 35-27. I feel like the Titans have beaten more proven teams than the Steelers. They're more battle-tested, and I think Derrick Henry is going to run over that Steelers defensive line. Yeah, these two teams could be playing for the top spot in the AFC. Like, either one of them could be the best in the AFC. I have the Titans 37-35. I think Henry gets going again, even though he's facing a good defense. And I think Tannehill, he fits that offense so perfectly. They don't ask him to do too much. He makes the easy, simple throws, and then they just pound the rock. So, I like the Titans in this one. Yeah, Tannehill's doing really good. He's had, like, really, like, sneaky good numbers. Not really enough to warn him into MVP discussion, but he should be, like, right there in that discussion because he's leading this team to 5-0. and Yeah, I agree with you both. This Titans team is good, but I just have a gut feeling here that the Steelers are going to come out and win. They've had an amazing week last week. Uh, Big Ben has came back and have just, I don't know, just kind of surprised me on how well he's doing. So I'm just going to keep rooting for Big Ben and the Steelers team. So I have the Steelers winning 42 to 36. I do question if how many points they'll be able to score this game because Big Ben's still not like really passing for that many yards. And this is one of the better defenses that they'll face. And offensively, like they're running the ball really well, but passing wise, they're not getting Juju Smith-Schuster involved at all in that offense. He's really dropped off a cliff this year. Yeah, but Chase Claypool has stepped up in his place. He's looked good. He's kind of their deep – he's been their deep threat the last couple weeks, and they definitely need to start expanding the field. Another game we're going to talk about is a, it's going to be the Seahawks and Cardinals. Seahawks are coming off a bye week undefeated. Cardinals are coming off a big win over the Cowboys. I think that – I think the Cardinals are going to beat the Seahawks here. The Seahawks have shown that they can get down in games, and this is a game I think that you can't really start down in. I think the Cardinals' offense is too explosive for them to, like, catch up. They can't catch up with this Cardinals' offense. I do think it will be close, but it's not a team you really want to have a big lead to. Couldn't agree with you more, Aiden. I like the Cardinals as well, 38-33. Just looking at the Seahawks' last two games that they played, they barely beat the Dolphins, and then they had to have a miracle at the end to beat the Vikings. So I don't think they're playing their best football right now, and the Cardinals definitely are. I have a prediction for this game. I think Murray's going to have 400 y- passing yards and four touchdowns. That's a pretty big prediction there, Thomas. But, you know, I, I agree with you both. This Cardinals team, I think, is going to come out and win because the Seahawks defense does not look the greatest. These last two weeks, they haven't looked the greatest, and they've played. But, you know, 
this Cardinals team after the big win last week and how well they played. I think they're going to win 24-17. I do think we should briefly talk about Russell Wilson and just how good he's been this year. Do you guys think he is finally going to win? I think he finally should. I think they should give it to him pretty much no matter what. I think he definitely deserves an MVP. If he doesn't win an MVP in his lifetime, it's going to be one like the greatest. Why? Why? Like, why didn't he ever win MVP? Because he always has put up the stats. There's always just people who kind of put up a little bit better numbers than him, but he's always consistently in that top five voting for the MVP. Yeah, I don't want to say he's carried the Seahawks team, but... He, yeah, yes, he has. He, yes, he, he has. has. Their defense hasn't been what it used to be, and it's not like his offense is that great. He doesn't. He has DK but like, and Lockett, but I don't know. He just carries this team, and he's super impressive each week. Yeah, I think Wilson should get an MVP. As Aiden said, he's been consistent. There's been players that seem to have just a little bit better years. And this team, and this year for Wilson, it just seems like he's having his best year so far. So, you know, I would give him the MVP here for this year. Then in the Sunday night game, you have a really good game in the Raiders and Buccaneers. Buccaneers are coming off a big win. You also have the Raiders coming off a bye week and a big win against the Chiefs. I think it's going to be a really low-scoring game. But I really, I really want to, I really want to pick the Raiders here. But I don't know. But no, no, I'm just gonna go with the Raiders here instead. I like their team. I think Henry Ruggs will have a big day. I think he'll get them for a deep ball or something like that, and he'll just open up that field for the Raiders. So I have the Raiders winning 24 to 20. I have this being a close game here between the Bucks and Raiders. I think that this Bucks defense, the way it played last week, hopefully it shows up, but. We've seen times that it hasn't. So if it shows up, this Bucks team, I think, is going to win 24-21. to 21. Yeah, Aiden uh, switching it up there. But uh, I see why he did it. But the Bucks, after their big win against the Packers, they're going to be coming off hot. And I don't think you're going to be able to stop them. I think their offense is finally going to have a huge week against a decent Raiders defense, but nothing special. And, but I do think the Raiders are going to keep it very competitive. They're, they've surprised me this year, and they're definitely a contender. The Raiders are definitely one of the most underrated teams this year. They've had, I think, the second hardest schedule in the NFL, and they're doing really good. They surprise people against the Chiefs, and that's why I think they're going to surprise people again here against the Buccaneers. Yeah, the question in this one is, will the Raiders be able to run the ball against the Bucs? The Raiders are the best when they can run the ball and then uh, hit play action after that, so... They're definitely going to have to try to uh, get the run game going early. Yeah, and then the Monday night game, you have the Bears, who are right now probably like the least talked about, like five and one team right now. And then you have the Rams sitting at three and three or four and two? I believe three and three. Three and three. So this one I think is going to be close, but I think the Rams offense will just be too much for that Bears offense. So I have the Rams winning 20 to 13. I mean, yes, the Bears are definitely probably one of the worst 5-1 teams at this stage. But, you know, they've played okay. They've leaned on their defense, which their defense is good. It's really their offense is all right. But, I don't know, the Rams, so I'm going to pick the Bears here, 21-13. to 13. Sorry, but the uh, Rams are 4-2 uh, and two this year. So, But I like the Rams 23-22 uh, to 22 in this one. I don't know. This just seems kind of like a boring game for me. I watched the Sunday night game last uh, week with the Rams and 49ers, and that one was kind of boring. The Rams came out sluggish and didn't play well, and the Bears are they're 5-1, and one, but... The Bears are one of the most boringest teams to watch yeah, in the NFL. They play slow. They don't... 
they don't have any huge playmakers on offense. But it wins games. Yeah, like Nick Foles said, he'd rather win an ugly game than a pretty game or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I just like the Rams a little bit more in this one. I think they have a little bit more uh, offensive power, so I'm going to go with them. The end of our podcast for this week is episode 15. We really appreciate it for all you listeners out there. And make sure you check us out on Instagram. Hit that like button because we really appreciate it. Yeah, make sure to watch the games this week. We got some good games. So make sure you sit uh, sit back, relax, uh, and watch the games this week. And, and as usual, your opinion doesn't matter. Yes, it does.